Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Food prices and how Canadians are, are struggling with this and, and how we're having to make um, choices that maybe we're not appreciating being sort of pushed into. And so we have Dr. Phoebe Stevens here. Uh, she's an assistant professor in the Department of Business and Social Sciences and focuses on food security and sustainable agriculture from time to time at Dalhousie University. Dr. Stevens, thank you for joining us here on the show today. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Well, so so, how has your grocery list changed in the last, or do you even have one? Um, um, is, can I call you Phoebe? Sure, absolutely. Fantastic. That's great. We're on a first name basis. I like it. So yeah, what? how, how have things changed for you before we dive into this? I've got, I want to talk about this headline about a Q4 profit that one of the, uh, the, the big five chains in Canada is talking about in the news. But, but I'd love for you to set some context for us, Dr. Stevens. Sure. I mean, I think like everybody, um, I'm feeling the crunch of these food prices and, um, you know, you kind of experiment with different stores, see if you can uh, find deals in different places. Um, I have noticed that, interestingly, some more independent stores, the prices don't seem to have risen as quickly necessarily. But um, I think just like everybody, I've I've noticed uh, that my grocery bills are a lot more than they were even, you know, a year or two ago. Isn't it interesting? Eh? Some things are just so much more noticeable than others. We could spend probably most of the show talking about that, how in different parts of the country, I don't know, avocados or different, you know, prices are different and so on. And and I think we'd find some pretty interesting patterns. But but I love your idea of experimenting, experimenting with different stores. I don't know about you, but when I shop, I typically go to the same place. But in the last, I'd say in the last six to nine months, I too have been doing that. I would I wouldn't have noted it though, so that's uh, that's actually a, a, a pretty interesting uh, tip. What what do you think um, of this this notion of greedflation? So here we are talking about uh, Loblaws earning five hundred and twenty million uh, twenty nine million dollars in Q four profits. I mean, it just seems so kind of absurd when so many Canadians are struggling to make ends meet. Yeah, I mean, I think it's. Uh... It's definitely unsettling, and and a lot of people are taking notice. Obviously, um, greedflation though is is quite hard to prove. Right. Uh, so, right. yeah, it's it's difficult, and and there's no doubt that the retailers are experiencing higher prices themselves. Um, we've had a number of different events that have led to the higher food prices. You know, droughts and uh, floods, and the war in Ukraine, for instance, that led to higher fertilizer prices, higher wheat prices. We're also experiencing higher um, oil prices. So those are, you know, those are inevitably going to increase the prices for the retailers. But um, I think that the point about greedflation, for me at least, kind of links back to more structural issues in our food system, and mm-hmm. that relates to how concentrated our food system is. And typically, when a market is very concentrated, it it can translate to higher retail prices. 
Yeah, can you, can you talk a little bit about that uh, that concentrated system? It sounds pretty pretty interesting to me. I mean, I think we. In, in, I, are you talking when you say structural? Are you talking infrastructural, like what what it is that actually holds it together, or or, or were you going somewhere else with that? Um, I guess more kind of um, theoretically structural. So just bigger picture issues of sure. how the food system is is uh, is structured essentially, um, and how that's impacting, you know, individual consumers. So when it comes to our industrialized food system, it, it, it is characterized by a high degree of content, corporate concentration all along mm. the food supply chain. So I do want to emphasize that it's not just the grocery retailers that are heavily concentrated. We're seeing it all across the food supply chain. But, um, you know, economists tend to, they, there's different ways to measure concentration in a marketplace. Uh, and they one of the ways they do this is by, Considering, you know, if the top four firms in a in a market control over forty percent, that's considered heavily concentrated and um, is seen to give these companies kind of undue power or control right. over their suppliers and consumers. I did well. And I did our, well. At, oh, go ahead. I did well. I did well as a kid at Monopoly. Is that what we're talking about here? Yeah, to a degree. I mean, we're talking more kind of oligopolies um, right. or oligopolies, but uh, yeah, our grocery retail sector in Canada is quite concentrated. The top five companies, so Loblaws, Empire, which owns Sobeys, Metro, Costco, and Walmart, those own 80%, or they're responsible for about 80% of the sales. So that that could be contributing to their ability to, you know, um, maintain these higher prices, let's say. Do you, so I don't know, call this a personal question. Do you, do you price match? I know it's, it's been big. I grew up with it, you know, saving the coupons, cutting them out and, and, and watching my, my family sort of live around that grocery experience. And then of course, like you said, experimenting even as, as kids going to places that didn't have bags where you could, you know, take your food away in a box and you could bring your own box and they were kind of ahead of their time. I don't remember the name of that, that store, but I guess I'm just wondering if, if, um, if that's one of the things that people are doing and then, and then just tagging on that uh, question, are, are people going to private labels as well? You know, things that are um, maybe not the product of first choice. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, it's, it's hard to say exactly how people are changing their habits. Um, personally, uh, I, I, I was shopping a lot at the farmer's markets out here in Halifax and uh, particularly in the kind of summer and fall months. And, it, this is again anecdotal, and I just I, I wondered to myself if those prices weren't necessarily increasing quite as quickly as what we were seeing in these bigger stores. Um, so that's something that I do want to dig into a little bit more. But right, um, yeah. So so yeah, because it's sort of I guess it's pretty interesting as as an academic, you you want to be careful, I suppose, about what you uh, what you footnote, I suppose, or maybe you you're careful you're careful about the footnotes, but but emotionally, it sure seems like this idea of greedflation is a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. So you go, hang on a minute, you go from this price to that price in a matter of months. Can can we unpack this a little more? Can you guys give us a reason here for that? You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah. So, so anyway, I wonder is, is more, do we need to lean more on the big grocers from, uh, for, to, 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 I don't know, create that argument for us to let us know and may, maybe Canadians would be okay with it. Right. So, I mean, the, the competition bureau is investigating, um, they're, they're conducting this profiteering inquiry um, mm. uh, with these larger retailers. 
Um, so, I mean, obviously it's a, it's a huge question mark on people's minds, um, whether or not they're going to be able to find the data that proves or disproves preflation is, is really going to be interesting because from my understanding, they don't actually have, uh, the authority to, to ask for the private data from, from these companies. So they have to rely on publicly accessible data. Right. Um, which may or may not, you know, give them the answers that they're looking for. Well, it is without a doubt fascinating to watch as this goes, uh, moves forward and it's, it's getting more challenging and it's a theme. It's definitely one of our themes for for the, for the show today. And, uh, one of our next guests, we're going to be talking about affordable housing and what that means and, and how it, Mm -hmm. it's a human right. And it, it really does, I think, fall into, you know, food security or insecurity, uh, falls under that same umbrella. Would you not agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's it is very, very discouraging and disheartening when you think about how these food prices can impact poorer households or more marginalized populations, where a large proportion of their income is spent on food. So, mm. you know, even a slight increase is, is can be disastrous. And people are making choices between heating their homes and, and feeding themselves, and it, it is, it to me, it's it's quite tragic. Yeah. If you want to hear more. Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.